Hello everyone. Welcome to the second episode of our podcast Let's Speak Facts hosted by my friend Piyush and I Shrivant. Today we are going to discuss about the impact of COVID-19 on education. While we have extensively read and seen about the effects of uh, COVID on healthcare and uh, economy in various media platforms in terms of lack of availability of beds, oxygen cylinders, uh, people dying in thousands and even after their death families members not able to receive their bodies and having to wait in the cremation ground for hours to perform the final rites and also in terms of economy the fiscal deficit uh, slipping to 9.5% and is projected to slip even more higher because of the second wave of covid and even the informal sector which accounts for 80 to 90% of the population losing out on their jobs but this aspect of education has been very conveniently brushed under the carpet which we tried to uncover and today we'll be dealing with the positive as well as negative impacts so let's look at the negative impact first so that we can end on a positive note so yeah pius what do you think exactly are the negative impacts of covid-19 uh, hi shrivant uh, so as you have said that uh, <clears throat> uh, economy and healthcare are the two sectors uh, which are extensively researched and discussed upon news platforms and social media but uh, if we talk about education uh, it is one of the sectors which is uh, like extensively impacted by covid in negative terms so if we look uh, on the point so first point i think is like education activity has been hampered and by education activity i mean low uh, normal classes normal offline classes they have been suspended and exams have been postponed so uh, due to this continuous lockdown the academic year of students have got hampered and especially the college going guys let's say for example if i take my example of my last year examination it was yeah, supposed to both yeah. of us exactly yeah 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 both of us so uh, our exams were uh, uh, like uh, about to happen in june but it got postponed and the exams happened in september or october so that yeah. shift uh, was gradually increasing and uh, it will it affected us and it will affect other students also who are going to join in their first year secondly uh, the most important point or the most important negative point where i see the people and students got affected mostly is the employment opportunities if we talk about the students who are in their final year or who were in the final year who were about to get placed most of the recruitment got postponed due to this pandemic and uh, Uh, i have one stat the center for monitoring indian economy estimates that unemployment ratio shot up to 8.4% to 23% in early april to mid march and the urban unemployment ratio shoots up to 30.9% so this stat clearly shows that pandemic has affected the recruitment and placement scenario up to a great extent and uh, there is a very common understanding for uh, poor people even for the urban people also when unemployment increases the education gradually decreases because people struggle to earn for their food so they'll definitely not go for the education because if they live then only they can study so and uh, they also like one more thing is the children also go off uh, for jobs like exactly formal sector hmm. so they it's very difficult to bring them back exactly exactly uh, i think another point that i would like to add is the gender aspect as well while 
many boys might come back to the education system mm-hmm. like a lot of girls with a great difficulty the government has brought them into the education system true by providing uh, this midday meals and everything mm-hmm. and trying to empower them but this covid-19 has actually pushed them back into the household chores yeah. kind of taking care of the family and you know the traditional regressive mindset where they are not allowed to go in for education exactly so i think even uh, you can take the example of world bank which has said that girls aged uh, 12 to 17 will find it more difficult to come back into the education system than boys in low and uh, middle income countries which i think is extremely important for india so i think this is also one aspect which i feel is mm-hmm. hugely affected because you know in the cities it's okay like i i think it's comparatively better yeah yeah i think the impact is huge on rural population definitely uh, the, moving on uh, if we talk about the schools colleges fees right so payments of schools colleges fees got delayed because uh, most of the people think that uh, our kids are not going to school nothing is going to happen to school so why should we pay the fees right and uh, second reason for not paying the fees or paying the fees lately is that most of the people have lost their jobs and they find it difficult to pay the school fees on time but uh, there is there is one uh, more negativity connected to this negative point is that most of the teachers admin staff and other staffs who are working for the schools colleges are dependent on that fees because that fees is what they get in their salary right so yeah. if the parents don't pay the fees the their salary won't be credited and this in a unemployment ratio or this uh, what we can say is as, as a sadness or negativity thing in people will get increased one point shrivant used few minutes ago was a midday meal scheme this is one of the most important things in rural areas because most of the parents send their kids to school uh, with a with a thinking keeping in mind that uh, their kid will study or not that doesn't matter but they'll they'll be having one time food in school so loss yeah. of nutrition due to this pandemic in kids is one of the most i guess important issue which this pandemic has created so most of the people most of the kids are not going to school and they are not having their uh, regular midday meal and their nutrition is also getting affected now mentally and physically they are getting affected because mentally there is a lot of uncertainty definitely they're definitely to access the you know the digital platforms mm-hmm, and physically mm-hmm. like you said malnutrition so mm-hmm, if we talk about the mental aspect of accessing this uh, digital platform mm-hmm. comes to the next point where what do you think about the digital literacy and the internet access in india like how is it actually equitable what do you think about it yeah uh, uh, there is a very famous quotation of marvin minsky that uh, he says that he had said that uh, you don't understand anything until you learn it more than one way so uh, moving towards the blended learning or digital literacy part uh, like there is a very common thing that everybody should understand that with every uh, uh, with every bad thing there comes an opportunity right so uh, the government accelerated this thing uh, accelerated this idea and uh, the idea of using soft copy of learning or digital learning got imposed in many schools in urban areas as well as rural areas 
so talking about the people in urban areas like teachers and students they are tech savvy they know how to operate on phone or laptop right they were used to this thing but if we talk about rural people they were not even having they are not even having phones or laptops and people parents mostly are uh, finding it really difficult to to uh, make their kids continue their study even yeah, if they are yeah. having uh, that laptop or phone thing it is really yeah. difficult for them to operate it because there is no one who can teach them how to operate it and uh, how to use it for their own good yeah so piyush uh, regarding the same i think uh, i have a few statistics sure, which i sure. feel is extremely important for people to know so the nso report the recent uh, NSO report says that the internet access in rural areas is just mm-hmm. 15%. Okay. And the cities is 42%. Mm-hmm. So let's look at it in terms of the total population. So around 70% of the India's population lives in rural areas. Right. So 15% of 70, you know, approximately is around like 9.5 or 10. Mm. Okay, and uh, cities I said 42, let us even keep it on the higher end as 50. Okay. So even 50% of uh, 30% is only 15%. So put together, in the entire India, only 25% of the population has access to internet. Okay. So I feel like I feel like the whole thing of internet access is such a big problem, which I feel needs to be addressed more. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of digital literacy as well, so. i was shocked to know that only 20% of indians above age of 5 years have basic digital literacy and 40% in case of 15 to 29 years which includes both students and teachers okay so even in terms of digital literacy it's quite bad and even exactly. there is disparity in terms of states like uh, the three best states are delhi haryana uh, himachal pradesh and kerala which have the highest mm-hmm. you know which is around about more than 50% okay whereas the lowest is so bad in terms of odisha which has only one in 10 homes have internet so i feel like the situation is extremely bad and i feel like this whole uh, bogus aspect of you know like people have uh, children have adapted to the uh, digital learning very easily is like i feel is like i wash and I don't think it is that true because the stats are revealing. I I don't think I have to say anything more. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, in fact, uh, adding a practical point to this whole scenario, uh, if we talk about the students in urban areas, even if they are uh, attending an online class, like if we talk about fifty students attending an online class, how many uh, how many of those fifty students are attentive? I don't guess more than twenty, right? So uh, this thing is uh, very, very bad in terms of uh, digital literacy in urban or rural area. And the most important point here is that students are uh, not well known about technological stuff, but teachers are also not well known about that technical stuff. So if government is saying that you have to teach online, you have to teach the kids online, they are blind. They don't know what to do. like yeah. they are having their phone they are using whatsapp facebook they are watching videos on youtube but <clears throat> when it comes to uh, teaching students online it is a little bit tricky because they have they it's a completely new topic for them right so yeah. th- it is one of the most important thing which needs to be seen by government on a on a priority basis and uh, i also had another few sure. points to add about the sure. negative 
sure which i feel like i did speak to a few parents and children okay. about this whole aspect and i felt that uh, you know their points are very relevant like the po- po- uh, points we discussed is from an outsider's perspective because we finished the education right yeah, all yeah. uh so what they said was the first one was attention span obviously mm-hmm. because in the digital learning it reduces even more than the face to face and they can't teachers can't even monitor whether they are actually seeing or not yeah yeah so the audio quality also might not be great yeah true also like how do they replace lab experience like computer lab or chemistry biology lab It's, there's no way to replace it in the digital form right that's a very important point yeah. so yeah continue please so i think uh, i would also like to add another few points about the education system in a whole mm-hmm. you know like we've discussed the negative aspects but i feel like there was also an opportunity to change some of these things because anyway most of the exams have been cancelled right and you are just for formality you are just keeping some uh, like very basic exam and passing them to the next class mm-hmm. so i felt there was room for some kind of experimentation if you look at the traditional education system which me and you and many others who are listening to this podcast have come up from mm-hmm. it emphasizes on rote learning and mugging up everything like we study something we don't even study it we just like memorize it right right and then we go and regurgitate the same thing in the paper and the same thing is corrected by the teacher right so but uh, let me talk in terms of psychology if you look at there is this thing called as ebbinghaus uh, forgetting curve you know which is very scientific method where it says that how information is lost over time so most of the things we mug up right it's uh, almost 70% of it is lost in the first two days itself and from a training aspect 90% of it is lost within a month mm-hmm. okay so how are we expected to retain entire thing for our whole life you know all this we are learning you know supposedly is for our whole life mm-hmm. right but how are we supposed to justify it if 90% of it is lost within one month so i felt that and uh, what i understood is that to flatten this curve this dipping curve of forgetting mm-hmm. we need to make it more relevant more interactive and regular intervention like like let me give you a simple example right we find it hard to remember all this academic stuff but le- le- you just think about your favorite movie or your favorite song right right it might be 10 years back you would have seen it but yeah. you're still able to remember the movie very well and you're able to like you might not remember dialogue by dialogue but if you were <laughs> to write a synopsis you would be able to remember and your favorite songs also lyrics you're able to remember Definitely. but you're not able to remember uh, something which you read yesterday because that is something you're truly interested in and you you keep on reminding like when you're sleeping you might think about your favorite movie right and you keep reading about it so i feel like to bring in this interest yeah in the students what has to happen is it has to be more interactive like what do i say like they should make it more relevant and it shouldn't be one one side conversation right mm-hmm. like what teachers do is you know this is what you have to learn right there's no questions like even asking questions is a formality like i don't think 
you or i would have asked much questions in school because you know a teacher angrily taking class and then at mm-hmm. the end of the class saying does anybody have questions like that's not very receptive true right and uh, yeah so i think that's why i use this example of forgetting curve to kind of explain that this whole thing is not realistic like mm-hmm. this memory memorization thing and uh, you know like let me uh, talk about uh, this famous thing that osho said about our education system mm-hmm. he said that our indian education system was created by the british empire to produce more clerks more servile people and this is what exactly the british empire wanted at that time okay and i don't know why we are sticking on to the same uh, education system which was invented by lord macaulay in 1830s you know like where just memory and all that is and they're confusing memory and intelligence like what is intelligence what do we need in our real life is to adapt to different situations right yeah and in in the workplace that is what we need we, it's not going to go according to textbook every day mm-hmm. so i think that's another important point and in this age of automation yeah like where everything is becoming machine oriented mm. if a human being has to survive he has to think differently definitely and this yeah. cannot happen magically when you start working right you yeah. have to by a bit from grassroots yeah yeah you need to be dynamic and you need to be adaptive like you cannot expect that yes i'm i'm, I'm going to join this work and i'm going to face these type of situations only anything can happen you need to be ready for everything anything and everything and and i think from a practical experience also i can speak like you know we face these interviews right college interviews as well as uh, uh, this one employment interviews yeah like we are able to answer everything uh, related to the like theory aspect like whatever we have studied mm-hmm. but you know we find it difficult to answer questions about ourselves mm-hmm. we find it uncomfortable we usually end up saying things which are very cliche mm-hmm. right you know the same leadership communicate because we have never really looked into ourselves the education system has not given us the chance to really explore what we truly are yeah and this is what the employers are looking for they are not looking for how much marks you scored in 7th standard or 10th standard what yeah. they are looking for is how effectively you are able to communicate right yeah so i think and that is where i think we cannot blame the teachers as well as the student because we both are part of the system yeah <laughs> i think uh, just true, like true. we can't uh, blame the person who is giving bribe as well as taking bribe because we have institutionalized corruption the same way we have institutionalized this rote learning yeah true so i think that that was the point that i was getting to which is very important they could have changed it because like i said they're anyway promoting them mm-hmm. you know for formality sake they're keeping some sort of exam so they could have thought about something new like a lot of good ngos are doing great work yeah yeah true you know, but the ngos themselves cannot do everything they are only going to supplement the work of the government yeah yeah so all these aspects i feel could have uh, been implemented but i don't think it was yeah what do you think about even even i think uh, the same uh, if if we talk about that examination part it's it's barely a formality like nowadays students in the colleges are giving online examination so yeah. even the teacher who is uh, sitting as a proctor there they he knew he or she knows that 
most of the students are cheating but he or she cannot do anything because they are not having that particular evidence thing right so yeah. what is the what is the point in having an examination which is basically acting as a formality to pass student to the next grade we yeah. what we can do is we can we can have one on one conversation if if we are using a particular thing we should use it efficiently not for the sake of using it right yeah. so yeah. and uh, coming to this uh, digital literacy part again once again that uh, like people are using it and uh, students are getting to know about the soft copy learning material thing so this is also a thing which which can be used as advantage or disadvantage both because uh, in that examination part people students are asked to write peop- uh, answers on a e4 sheet and then scan it and then send it so who knows uh, maybe maybe they can they can have uh, written answers anywhere somewhere like like in the, on their table or uh, yeah. beside their laptop so yeah, so transparency point- transparency is needed yeah, yeah. transparency so, and the basic point is technology needs to be used in the right way yeah exactly see ev- everything has loopholes right and we students are uh, having that particular mind to to uh, violate that loophole very easily and teachers even if they know they can't do anything some work needs to be done on that particular point so that education can be done in a better way so moving on to the positive points uh, let's see uh, the impact uh, related to like if that happened the pandemic happened we all know right so what yeah. positive things happened due to this pandemic so like first of all the thing which we are discussing from quite a few minutes that uh, uh, we have moved towards blended learning like hard hard copy method was already there now we have moved towards the soft copy method like we are having online classes we are having online tests we are having online quizzes and uh, we are having uh, many many seminars and things so it has definitely taught teachers as well as students that uh, we can learn through this method also this is also a thing which needs to be understood by them and uh, moving on uh, obviously digital digital literacy uh, is a thing which is which has been enhanced in last one year or so people are getting to know that they can use internet just for not yeah. watching songs and movies they can also use internet to study right yeah i uh, i think like two good things which have happened because of the pandemic is children uh, from a very young age are becoming very tech savvy like True. they're True. using these technologies and you know for us we uh, started accessing it much later mm-hmm. but they are learning everything through digital platforms and they are getting to use things like excel word powerpoint extensively yeah yeah they develop the skills from grassroots level so i think that's an important point and the second point i feel is that they are learning from a very young age to adapt to new situations yeah yeah so they'll be well prepared for whatever problems that they might face in the future so definitely definitely two important points i totally agree with your points and uh, like many of our uh, listeners would definitely agree with them too and uh, moving on like one of the most important points which i see as a positive impact of this pandemic is uh, teachers and students are getting worldwide exposure so yeah, like yeah. explaining this point i want to say that uh, worldwide exposure here means that teachers are getting a chance to interact with their counterparts from abroad like they are participating in different kinds of seminar or workshops and they are getting to know and they are getting to interact with other like teachers from other culture 
so th- that will definitely help in you know eradicating the problems which they face at their workplace so like this interchange of uh, views and ideas is very important and same is for the students also they are getting to learn from uh, the teachers from abroad so this is one of the most important point i think and uh, the last point which i think is important and we can term it as a positive that students as well as teachers are getting to manage their time better like if we are talking about offline classes if uh, if a class is scheduled from 9:45 most of the times the teacher will definitely come at 10 10:5 10:10 10, or even more than that it happens we have seen in our college days right even in school so now uh, if we talk about zoom classes or google classroom for just example if a class is scheduled at 10 and it needs to be ended at 10:45 it has to be started at 10 and it has to be ended at 10:45 only same for the assignment part if if we are if, if being a student if i need to submit an assignment in 3 days i cannot submit it in 3 days 1 minute it needs to be submitted within the time frame so students yeah. and teachers both are getting to know the importance of time and they are managing their time better because after all we students are definitely scared of losing marks don't we yeah. so yeah, yeah so what would you yeah. like to add on in this positive impact thing i think positive and negative we've uh, pretty much covered but mm-hmm. i feel like uh, mentioning also the new education policy yeah i feel like i i went through it uh, recently and i felt a lot of these recommendations were excellent mm-hmm. and i feel if brought in very quickly it might really impact the lives of children like some of these things such as uh, focus on regional language for primary education and then there is no rigid separation between the various streams because this rigid separations doesn't uh, exist in reality okay because an entrepreneur like he thinks about the scientific aspects as well as economic political everything right mm-hmm. he can't limit himself to one thing so in reality like it's important to understand all these streams at least have a basic understanding of it yeah then only i think you'll be like able to survive in the market and also the aspect of vocational education starting from 6th standard and then multiple entry and exit points and increasing the gross enrollment ratio by 50% i think uh, that is also very important because this multiple entry and exit point will give flexibility to students like for some reason if they drop out because of any uh, financial condition or something mm-hmm. they can always come back their credit points will still be there yeah definitely uh, i agree like, also i would like to mention uh, an ngo which is doing great work in uh, bringing back children into the education system Mm-hmm. which is salam bombay who focus on kids from the age of 11 to 17 who are dropouts they try to bring them back to the schools so coming back to my point of bringing back these students i think government also needs to take initiative from ngos like this and supplement their work and i think if all these uh, implementations are done it will be a great success and we can get back whatever we have lost in this education system right uh, there is a very common thing or i can say ideology that we can learn from anywhere and everywhere right so yeah. it it needs uh, it is not important that we need to learn from school or our parents or our elders only same as uh, the government can also learn from the initiatives taken by the ngo and they can they can formulate it as a law or a government strategy 
and they can definitely help people who are in need so uh, by uh, by this we need uh, we want to conclude this podcast and uh, we i i personally feel that yes pandemic has happened and uh, lives lives are important like most of uh, the people have lost their near and dear ones and uh, we are definitely not in a favor of opening colleges and uh, starting the offline classes no matter what happens we are just uh, saying that if a thing has been done it needs to be done in a proper manner so if yeah. we are if we are moving towards digital literacy or online classes there are some loopholes which needs to be rectified and uh, yeah there are many positive points as we have discussed so we need to we need to improve our negative points and convert them into positive ones and uh, yeah. one of the most important sectors which needs to be seen are rural areas rural students who are in need of uh, attention and government should do something for them uh, because uh, they are also the future which we are looking upon which we are looking for uh, shivan would you like to conclude some points yeah i think pretty much uh, all the points that we thought about we've uh, spoken about but i think just one line if i had to say is that yes temporarily okay this might digital learning might work but i don't think that it is ever going to replace uh the traditional learning. traditional learning style orthodox it's learning style in the sense offline learning yeah. style trick person i think at some point we will have to go back to that thing and yeah. like you said blended learning could be an option that we can definitely definitely so uh, by this we need to uh, we want to end this podcast thank you for uh, your honest responses and opinions on our first episode and uh, by this we also want you to listen to this episode and uh, please give us our uh, your uh, honest opinions we we need to improve we want to improve for you guys and uh, thank you for listening us be in home take care be safe thank you